Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Great I Am. What, what an awesome song. What an awesome way to enter into opening of God's Word. I've always believed that uh, worship prepares the way for the bringing of God's Word. And as I'm there worshiping, it's just, it gives me chills to be singing those words and to be worshiping our God. And I believe it was the words of A.B. Simpson who once said, probably after a worship song like that, he said, if that does not light your fire, then your wood is wet. And so... Do you, have, do you have dry wood? Did that light your fire? I, I hope that it did here today. Um, we are starting a new series of messages, and the series of messages that we're going to probably spend all of the fall into Christmas time on is a series of messages called God Is. And the purpose of this series of messages is to look at what the Word of God says about who the God is that we serve. There is a desire on God's part that we know him. In the Hebrew language, the word know is the Hebrew word yada. It's used in reference when, uh, when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve, when they had uh, sexual relationships, it says that Adam knew, he yada, uh, his wife. That, that's a picture of what it means to know God. Not the sexual relationship, but the intimate relationship. God has desired for us to have an intimacy with him. In the Greek language, it's the word gnosis, and it means to literally know, not just know about someone. Many of us know about God, but we don't really know God. In this series, I want to spend some time looking at what the Bible says about who God is, about the attributes that God has, about what it truly means to know God as uh, in all of his fullness according to the scripture that we have. Um, if, if, and many of us approach God this way. If you uh, take the word yada and what that means in the Hebrew, if you're a husband and you ignore your wife for six months straight, don't say a word to her, don't acknowledge her, don't give her the time of day, and then at the end of those six months, you turn to her with a little wink and a little nod, and you say to her, hey, how would you like to uh, watch Lord of the Rings together? And, <clears throat> and she says, you have ignored me for six six months, why would I want to do anything with you? Well, we approach God often in that same manner. We ignore him for months and months and months, and then we turn to God and say, hey, would you fix, would you correct, would you bless, would you jump into action with this problem that I have? God wants us to know him in a very intimate way. In fact, this is what the word of God says. In Jeremiah 9, 23, it says, but let one who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That's what God wants, for us to know him. And he has made himself knowable by the giving of his word. We can know him by studying and looking at his word. 
It says, for I am Adonai, who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight, God delights in this, that we know him. It is a declaration of Adonai. Jesus said in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the one you sent. It says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says these words, My aim is to know him, and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings becoming like him in death. God wants us to know him, and so we are going to spend these weeks just knowing him, getting to know him. What does the Bible say about him? How can we know him in a more intimate and detailed way? Well, today, by way of introduction, the very first thing that I want us to look at in this series that God is, the first attribute of God that we need to review is the fact that God is creator. He is creator. Let's pray as we jump into this. Father God, I pray that you would teach us, that you would show us your truth, that you would help us to understand that you indeed are the creator. Lord, you are the one who has set all of this in motion. Without that fundamental knowledge, without that foundational step of faith, we can't truly know you. We have to understand and come to you the way that the Bible lays out that you truly are the creator God. And as the creator, when we believe that, when we look at your creation and see that your fingerprints are all over it, it will help us to believe everything else that your word says. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be among us, working among us, speaking to our hearts and our minds, helping us to walk in your truth here today. Father, help us to follow you. Help us to worship you. And help us to recognize that you are the creator of all. We thank you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God as the creator is the basis of all of our faith. I could spend several weeks just talking on this one attribute of God that he is creator. We don't have the time to do that because there's so many more that we need to get to. But needless to say, it is the basis and the foundation of what our faith is. It all starts with the very first sentence of the Bible. The very first sentence in Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you remove or discredit or disbelieve that one statement, then the rest of the Bible cannot be believed because all of the Bible is being based upon a lie. I have heard people try to justify this in their minds saying, well, I don't believe God created it, but I believe the rest of it. If you can't believe the first sentence, then the rest of the Bible becomes discredited and you cannot really truly follow it. Our faith is built upon the fact that he is the creator. It is fundamental to our faith. This is why Satan has spent so much time and so many centuries attacking this truth. From the very beginning, Satan has attacked the fact that God cannot be the creator or it happened in some other means, some other way, some other explanation, and some other theory. God is creator. Now, I want to give you something just to help you. This is really not dealing with the creation, but I want to give you a little bit of information as you read the Bible. 
I mentioned this, I'm doing a, uh, a, an online devotional series on the book of Genesis right now. I mentioned it in this book of Genesis as we're studying it, but I want to mention it to you because it's going to help you as you read the Bible. When you read the Bible and you come to the very beginning of Genesis, you find several stories that, that really come back to back. You have the creation account, you have the fall account, you have then going into Noah, and then you go into the destruction that happened, then you go into Abraham. All of that happens in a series of about 11 chapters. I don't know if you knew this or not, but this will help you as you read the Bible. The creation account with Adam and Eve to the time of Noah was 1,000 years. In other words, the first five chapters of the Bible, there is a span of 1,000 years. From Noah to Abraham, there was another 1,000 years. From Abraham to David was another 1,000 years. From David to Jesus was 1,000 years. And from Jesus to where we are at today was 2,000 years. So when you read the Bible and you open it up to the very beginning of the Bible and you look at the first, really the first 11 chapters of the Bible, which is this much of your Bible, that covers 2,000 years of time. So just when you are reading it, remember that. The first 1,000 years of creation, the creation account would have been very different. The world would have been very different from what it is today. According to the creation account, the world would have been lush, uniformed land masses. It would have been tropical, most likely. Things would have grown immensely during that time. During the creation account, there was a water vapor, according to what it says, that would have surrounded the world, keeping in this moisture. It would have not rained or had the wind or the weather cycles that we see today. This is why people could have lived hundreds of years at that time. Dinosaurs would have been there. Lush tropical vegetation would have been there. The greatest dramatic effect that the planet ever had was the Noah's account of the flood. It changed everything that we see today. It is estimated that in those first 1,000 years, given the number of years that people lived, that the population could have easily been a billion people at the time of the flood. Think about the dramatic effects that a flood would have had with all of the lush tropical vegetation, with all of the animal population, with the human population, and how that could have easily created the oil and the coal seams that we see around our world today because that's how it would have been produced. The dramatic impact of the flood would have been the major uh, catastrophic event that would have changed the world as we know it today. So when you read the Bible, make sure you're reading with that timeline in mind because God created it in a certain way at a certain amount of time and there's a lot of distance in the Bible that we don't get when we just read it five chapters. You can read five chapters in probably 15 to 20 minutes. Well, there's a thousand years in that time that you just read. Well, I want to look at this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, it's not God, <clears throat> the word God in the original Hebrew, it is the word Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, this is a name of God. 
Elohim is a name that means something very significant. It means the eternal, powerful God who gives existence and meaning to all human life. It also means the one supreme and true God who is also personally knowable. Finally, the word Elohim means the God who contains within himself all of divinity. In the beginning, the eternal, powerful God who gives existence and meaning to all human life, the supreme and true God who is personally knowable, the God who contains within himself all of divinity, created the heavens and the earth. As the creator... He has exclusive rights. He has the power to control his creation. He has the right and the power to judge and to set the standards for his creation. He is the one that deserves all praise from his creation. He is creator according to what the Bible says. Now, there are two things that I want to look at today as God being the creator. Number one is this. God created with nothing and out of nothing. Now, in the beginning, it says that God, that Elohim, the true God, the supreme God, the, the eternal God, the powerful God, he created. The word created in the Hebrew word, uh, in the Hebrew is the word bara. And the word bara means literally to create out of nothing. God created, it says, out of nothing. God did not take part of himself and make it into a planet. God did not take some pre-existing matter, put it together like some ingredients that were stirred up, and then create something. The word bara indicates that God created out of nothingness. All that existed was him. And in his creation, he created the world. Now, he did not tell us in Genesis, and if you're looking for this account, you will not find it. He did not tell us how he created it. He just tells us he did create it. He told us on what days he created what. He doesn't give us a, an explanation. He did not write a scientific journal to tell you exactly how he did it. Frankly, if he is the powerful supreme God, he doesn't owe us an account of how he did it. He asks us to accept it by faith. He says, take it by faith. Believe that I did it. I did it. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what I did or how I did, but I did it. And I created it out of nothing. Again, what does Satan do? He attacks this account because to disbelieve this, to disbelieve will derail our faith. So when you come to God, you have to come to him believing what he said is true. These are the things that we're told about God. Isaiah 48, 13. He says, surely my hand founded the earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand together. Nehemiah 9, 6. You alone are Adonai. You made the heavens, even the highest heaven, with all its array. The earth and everything on it. The seas and everything in them. You give life to them all, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. In Romans 1, Paul says this, what can be known about God is plain to them. It's plain to mankind. For God has shown it to them. 
his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature are everywhere and can be clearly seen ever since the creation of the world, being understood through the things that have been made. So people are without excuse. You will not stand before God and give an excuse to him someday. Well, I didn't know. Well, I believed what this other person, their theories, I believe that over you. God will say, no, there are no excuses. I made everything evident to you. If you have gone out and gone to a national park, for example. I, uh, we love going to national parks. My wife and I have been to Glacier and many other national parks. And you go there and you marvel at what this creation is. And you look at it and you say, wait a second. God's fingerprints can be clearly seen throughout all of creation. But I would take it even more personal than just going out and observing that. Um, we had the privilege, the, just the incredible honor of having our, our, uh, our, our son and daughter-in-law. They had a baby in, July, uh, in June, uh, supposed to be in July, but it, uh, the baby was born in June. And to look at this incredible creation of a human being, how all of this could be put together so miraculously, this is not something that can happen by chance. So God says, everything that you need to know is visible in the world around you, which is why Satan has attacked it so much. If you start listening to what Satan does, you will see that he tries to discredit everything God does to cause us to not believe in who he is. Satan's ultimate goal is to take you down. Satan wanted to have God's power. Satan wanted to be on God's throne. He wanted to experience all that God had. God expelled him out of heaven. So he thought the next best thing I could possibly do is to take people down with me. That will break God's heart. So I will take people down by discrediting who God is and causing them not to believe, thereby missing eternity with God. Everything that we need to know about God is clearly seen in the world around us. In Revelation 4.11, Genesis begins with creation. Revelation ends with recognizing God as creator when it says this, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. The early church believed the doctrine of creation as central to their faith. The, the, the pagan world, and they faced the pagan world, they believed that the world or the galaxies were eternal, meaning they've always been there. And whoever the God was of the time came on the scene, they were finite gods, but the galaxies, the world, the creation was eternal. That's why in many early church doctrines and creeds, they will often reference God as the creator. They wanted to constantly reassert who God was. It's essential for their faith, and it's essential for our evangelical faith today. God existed prior to, is independent of, and is sovereign over his creation. No human mind can fathom the awesome act of creation. How does one create out of nothing? We can't understand it. How does one bring forth everything from nothing? It doesn't make sense. 
We can't truly fathom the power of the almighty God who is the creator. He created out of nothing. He created outside of himself. But number two, and what I want to point out to you is this, that God created with perfection. Now, this doesn't mean that people are perfect, by the way. Uh, You know that to be not true because people are flawed. But in God's creation, God created it and fashioned it in incredible perfection. And I want to share with you, as we finish out this message today, I'm going to spend a little bit of time. I want to just share you with you the things that God has done in just our planet and our solar system that defy human logic, that are mathematically impossible. In fact, to believe in a Big Bang theory or to believe in an evolutionary model takes more faith than you could possibly ever imagine. It's an impossible number that these could just all happen by chance. And I want to share with you some of these things to help you and to reaffirm your faith or to challenge you to really believe that God is creator. Isaiah 45, 18, it says this. For thus says Adonai, he is God who fashioned the heavens, who formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it desolate, but formed it to be inhabited. I am Adonai, there is no other. This is the statement that God makes. He doesn't say how I did it. He doesn't even tell you any of the details other than the seven days of creation. He just says, I did it. These are the days that I did it, and you need to accept it by faith. The earth, and I don't know if you've heard this phrase before, but the earth is what's called a Goldilocks planet. Have you ever heard that phrase, Goldilocks planet? Do you know the story of Goldilocks and the three bears? You know that story. The porridge was, one was too hot, one was too cold, one was just right. The bed, one was too hard, one was too soft, one was just right. Did you know that our planet, being referred to as the Goldilocks planet, means that our planet was absolutely just right? Now, I want to list off some of these things to you, and I want you just to think about them. There has to be behind this creation an intelligent designer, It has to have been created by someone because there is no way that all of these things could just happen by chance just out of this incredible massive explosion that would have happened. Let me share these with you. The earth is absolutely just right. So listen to this. We are the right distance from the sun. The earth is in a perfect position in the solar system and in the galaxy to support life. Living things need water naturally in its liquid form, like like this. You need water in its liquid form in order to survive. That means that a planet needs to be close enough to its sun so that water does not freeze and not too far away uh, so that it does freeze. Because if it doesn't freeze, if it just is too close to the sun, it will turn into a vapor and a mist, and you won't be able to use it. If it's too far away, it will freeze, such as uh, ice caps on other planets that cannot possibly uh, support life. If our planet was 5% closer to the sun than it is right now, or just a little bit further, no life could possibly be sustained. We are the absolute right distance from the sun, okay? We also have the right size sun, 
don't know if you've ever heard this before, but we have the absolute perfect size sun that the earth actually orbits around. If we didn't have this size sun, life could not exist. Our planet needs to be orbiting just the right size star, and our star, our sun, is called a spectral type G2 dwarf main sequence star. Now, I want you to remember that, okay? Um, This sun puts out just enough heat for the earth. If it was smaller, the earth would have to be closer to it for warmth, but then the sun's gravitational pull would be so strong that it would prevent the earth from rotating, causing it to have a constant day side that would burn up and a constant night side that would be in freezing temperatures and could never promote photosynthesis. We, we have the right size sun, and we are the right distance from the sun. Did you know that we have the right neighboring planets in our solar system? You ever wondered what the planets do? Why, would have God, why God created these planets? Well, did you know that our planet needs to be protected by gas giant planets within our solar system? The massive planets of Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, they shield the inner planets from comets and other large meteor-like objects. The massive gravitational forces of these larger planets are what helps to keep Earth's orbit stable. Our solar system also contains thousands of asteroids and meteoroids. Meteorites, these sometimes collide with planets. And Jupiter keeps large rocks from hitting the Earth because of its strong gravitational pull. It's a protector. It's a barrier for us. We have the planets that are like our offensive line that are protecting us as a planet. We have the right orbit. The orbit around the sun is almost circular. It's not completely circular. There's some ellipse to it, but it is almost circular. It is more circular than most of the other planets in our solar system. What does that do? Well, it, contain, it, it provides a constant temperature in our planet. We have temperatures in a range that we can live in. If we were any closer, we would experience too much warmth. Any further, we would experience more cold. We have the perfect orbit around the sun to promote the the growth that we have to have. Did you know that the earth has the absolute right rotation? A planet needs to have a moderate rate of rotation so that each portion of the earth is heated and cooled to the proper amount. It's kind of like a rotisserie oven, if you think of it like that. The earth rotates, you know, once every 24 hours, which produces this, what we call as a day. A day is 24 hours. On other planets, they have days, but their days last for hundreds of hours at a time or far more than 24 hours. Now, what that does is it produce, produces uh, a stable day and night temperature. If we had, we, had, uh, we had less rotation, we would get too hot in certain areas and we would be too cold in other areas and life could not be sustained. We are also the right size planet. A planet has to be just the right size for maintaining gravity so that we don't float away or get crushed. Mars is too small, so the gravity is not enough, and Jupiter is too large, so the gravity is too much. We are just the perfect size. We have the right tilt. Did you know that? 
the earth is tilted at a, on an axis at 23.5 degrees. If the earth were tilted just two degrees in either direction, life could not be supported. If it was tilted any more, the temperature would swing too much between super hot summers and super cold winters. If it were tilted any less, too much sunshine all year would superheat the equator and too little heat would reach the north and the south regions. If the earth had no tilt or no axis of rotation and it remained uh, perpendicular in its plane of orbit, we would not have the seasons and the surface temperatures uh, anywhere around our world. We have just the right tilt. I mean, we were, we were set in the right place at the right time with the right distance from the sun, with the right tilt, the right size, the right rotation. We also have the right atmosphere. Our atmosphere... This oxygen-rich atmosphere that we have provides a temperate climate and it protects us from radiation. If we did not have the atmosphere that we have, we would, be, uh, we would have all kinds of radiation coming at us. We would not be able to breathe the way that we can if we did not have the right atmosphere. And out of all of the planets in the solar system, there are about seven moons or planets that have atmospheres. This is the only one that could possibly sustain life. It also serves to filter out ultraviolet, not the, just the radiation, but the ultraviolet, um, uh, the ultraviolet um, light and the cosmic rays, which are harmful to life. We have the right magnetic field. A planet has to have a magnetic field. This is the result of the Earth's liquid iron core movement. The magnetic field helps to shelter the Earth from damaging solar radiation as well. If the field was smaller, the radiation would strip away the Earth's atmosphere. It protects, protects us perfectly from the sun's harmful rays. We have the right neighboring planet or body, which is the moon. We have the right moon. A planet needs to be orbited by a large moon in order to be able to sustain life. Our moon is about one-fourth the size of Earth, and it, it, its gravity drives our ocean tides, and it propels the cycles that we have. It's what helps to keep the Earth balanced and tilted on an axis. Do you know that the moon also is a protective lineman for us as well? There have been several large meteors that have hit and struck the moon that would have hit Earth, but it was our protector in the process. In fact, the, the moon's south pole, the uh, Atkin Basin, is the largest known crater in our solar system. It's eight miles deep and 1,500 miles across. And that is something that could have hit us if we did not have the moon right there. We have the right crust a planet needs to have a relatively thin crust with tectonic movement so that the crust recycles itself as new crust forms and old crust moves down to the Earth's mantle. It regulates the planet's temperature and it recycles chemicals. We have the right amount of water. A planet needs to have a proper ratio of liquid bodies of water to land that way, it helps to control the temperatures and the seasons that we are in. We are also the right location in the galaxy. We are fixed at the perfect spot so that gravity doesn't produce too much pull against us and it doesn't push us too far away. We are a perfect creation. 
think about in your mind, just use your critical thinking abilities. Can that happen by chance? The right size, the right rotation, the right tilt, the right sun, the right orbit, the right atmosphere, the right water, the right planetary bodies to protect us, the right moon, the right location in the galaxy. Is that just random? Can it happen by chance? Are we just fortunate? If we're just fortunate and there is no creator, then there's no meaning to life. So just go ahead and, and treat life however you want. But if there is a creator, and he did create, and he created it perfectly, then life is valuable. Your life matters. You're valuable. You have a purpose. And it was a purpose given by a God who creates if you assign all of the probabilities to all of the components that I just read to you about the earth, the likelihood of a planet having all of those things met is one thousandth of a trillionth. One thousandth of a trillionth odds that it can just happen. God has created. We have the perfect planet. And I have not even touched on plant life, human life, animal life, down to the cellular level, your body, the bodies of your children are a marvelous miracle that God has created. God created it all because he is the creator. And as creator, we have to recognize how powerful, how big and how awesome he is. And if he is the creator, and we believe that first line of the Bible, then we take the rest of the Bible seriously. And we say, this is God's word. This is God's revelation given to mankind so that we can know him. It all hinges on that one point. Sir Isaac Newton, I don't know if you know the name, you know the class that he is famous for because you probably took it in high school. Sir, Sir Isaac Newton was famous for his discoveries in optics and mathematics and especially in calculus. How many of you had to take calculus when you were in high school? Do you remember taking that? Do you still have nightmares about taking calculus in high school? Some of you are math people and you loved that. But calculus in high school was one of his discoveries. He formulated the three laws of motion, and out of one of those laws of motion, it resulted in the law of universal gravity. He writes this about God as creator. He says, atheism is so senseless. When I look at the solar system, I see the earth at the right distance from the sun to receive the proper amounts of heat and life. This did not happen by chance. This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent being. Many physicists, many astronomers, and many scientists today, brilliant people, are coming to the realization and the conclusion that there has to be an intelligent designer behind its establishment. Now, they may disagree if it's the God of the Bible, or maybe we don't even know that. That's what they will argue. I believe what the God of the Bible says, that in the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. So let me conclude. Why do I tell all of this to you today? Number one, the reason I tell you this is to strengthen your faith. When we approach God, we are approaching the creator. When you are worshiping God, you are worshiping the creator. When you turn your back on God, you're turning your back on the creator. When you are disobeying God, you are disobeying your creator. I'm telling you this to strengthen your faith. I'm telling you this to know Elohim. Elohim is just one of the names given for God. It is the supreme God, the powerful God, the creator God, but the God who also wants to know you personally. One of the things that is so amazing to me is that the God who can create galaxies, the God who can create the sun, the God who can create the planet that we are on, the God who can create you and I, at the same time says, I want to know you personally. This is why you will hear Christians say that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is about a relationship. The creator God wants to know you personally. People will think, well, how could he possibly know everyone? If he can create everything we see before us, him knowing us is pretty easy. He wants to know you personally. He wants a relationship with you personally. He wants you to come to him in submission, surrendering your heart, trusting in his son Jesus, whom he sent. He wants it personally. That you say to him, God, I want to know you. And I want to know more about you. And I want to follow you. And I want to surrender my heart to you. So I tell this to you to strengthen your faith, to help you to know Elohim who is the creator, to challenge you, and to ask you, are you ready to surrender to him? Are you ready to give your heart to him? Are you ready to humble yourselves, follow his lead, accept his standards, and commit your life to him? Would you pray, pray with me as we close? Father God, we are so grateful that we can come to you today knowing that you are our creator. In the beginnings, in the beginning, you have created the heavens and the earth. It is the foundational truth of all of scripture. The first line that we have sets the stage for everything that we believe. If we don't believe that, then we can't truly believe the rest of the Bible. So Lord, help us to believe that. Help us to witness and to experience and to see that your evidence of creation is all around us. Help us to be mindful of the things that you have done and the ways that you have created. I pray, Father, that you would challenge our faith and that we would walk away from here today knowing you more, and feeling more confident in who you are. Lord, the things that you have done just in our planet are a mathematical impossibility. These things cannot just happen by chance. We could not be dropped in the perfect location with the perfect size planet, the perfect size sun, the perfect 
orbit of the sun with the perfect protectors in our galaxy. We could not have the perfect tilt and the perfect atmosphere with the perfect crust without you having created it. And so, Lord, help us to be committed, firm in our faith, knowing what we believe, and ready to give an account for all who ask for the hope that we have in us. Thank you for being with us today. As we leave this place, help us to worship you even more because you truly are our creator. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.